0: Now, once again, here's Mark.
1: Well, good
2: morning, everybody. Four minutes after the hour of 10 o'clock. I'm Mark Salem, and I'm your host for the next uh, four and a half years. <laughs> Too long. <laughs> Too long. And uh, can you hear yourself okay? Me? Yes, yeah. I can. Okay. Well, I'm going to bring the headphones up just a little bit. There you bit. go. Okay. All righty. Um, I'm down from the valley, or down from the snow country, as yes. you well know. Mm-hmm. Oh, by the way, 602 508 a little bit more business. Action Auto, they're a good shop up on I-17 in Deer Valley. I've known Tom for many years, since the early 80s. I know most of the shop owners that long. I know that they're honest, they're dependable, they have integrity, they know right from wrong, and Tom fills all of those. He has really good workmanship. He has good technicians, excellent customer service, fast turnaround time, and many of his technicians are ASE Master certified, which is kind of the doctorate of auto repair, so to speak. So, if you're anywhere near I-17 in Deer Valley, then perhaps Tom would be a good place for you to stop by and uh, and talk to. Yep. And I guess I should. They are a good place. I I guess I should push that button and.
3: you're kind of rusty here. It seems like you've been gone a lot. <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah. yeah, That's my wife, Renee. We're getting a divorce soon. And, uh, okay, I have a riddle. Okay. And even you don't know the answer.
3: No, you didn't tell okay. me what it was. All right. You didn't even tell me what the riddle was. So is I it know. anything that needs to be censored?
2: No. Or no. filtered? Yeah, that's your, that's your word. Because filter, filter. you
3: haven't been very good at filtering this week.
2: You know, you just opened the door. Now I have to explain it. Okay? Sure. My son-in-law is a school teacher. I'm on a road in Payson that there's no one else. And there's certainly, here's my jab, there certainly is no Fords out, okay? (laughs) I'm driving a Dodge. The snow is two to three feet deep. The sides of the road could be four feet deep. Solid ice. I think I'm going to go to McDonald's. Didn't turn out that way.
3: (laughs) (laughs) You went there, but there was nobody there. (laughs) And not only
2: that, I couldn't even get into the parking lot. So... I call my son-in-law, Phil, mm-hmm. and, um, but I don't think I called him. I, th- I thought I called Andy, our daughter, but he answered. And he had his phone in front of him, and it was a FaceTime phone, so I was going to show him the road and stuff. So during this conversation, I used a bad word. Uh, one? Yeah, just one. <laughs> yeah. And he looked at me, and I go, oh, no, are you in class? And he goes, yeah. I said, what did you answer my phone call for? He says, well, I, I didn't know what was going on. I said, oh, gee, it's Christmas. And I used a bad word. You used some more bad words. Yeah. yeah. And, and then I go, oh, Phil, you have to say, Mark, filter, filter, when, when I call you. You have to say filter, filter. And I can hear kids in the background laughing. Mm. And I go, oh, this is in front of your class? Yeah. And he goes, yes. He goes, let me tell you something. They've used worse words than that in class. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure <laughs> they there's, have. And there's a bunch of kids laughing. I said, I got to go. Mm-hmm. Okay, here's the deal this morning now up north it's been snowing like crazy right the wind blows in four different directions the drifts are just unbelievably high the roads are all iced up and this is when 87 was closed was closed between phoenix and and payson and then 260 was closed between payson and the rim so we're we're just locked down right so i get up this morning and i decide i'm coming down here to do the show but i know the road's icy but i know 87 is open So I load up the dogs, and I have to dig the truck out. So I get the big tractor, and I kind of grade the road a little bit, and I get the truck running. And the bed of the truck is above the rails two or three feet. Mm -hmm. And it takes forever to defrost windshield. So I get in my truck, and I'm driving down. And keep in mind in Payson, you know how you you go down the main street, and there's driveways to the left and the right? Yes. There's not one that's been... Plowed. Mm -hmm. You can't get into McDonald's. You can't get into any of the restaurants. You can't get into the Circle K's. You can't get into nothing. Right. All you can do is travel the road. Mm -hmm. So I go through town, kind of slippery. It's kind of icy. You got both hands on the steering wheel, real tight. I make a left and go to the casino, and then I speed up. And the truck is vibrating like there's no tomorrow. Okay. It's shaking the whole truck, mm-hmm. and I think, oh, i got a flat tire. Mm-hmm. So I pull off to the side of the road, and I get out, and I take my flashlight, and I thump all four tires. Nothing. They're all fine. So I get in my truck, and no matter what speed it is, 38 miles an hour and higher, it's just vibrating unbelievably bad. Okay. Now, keep in mind it's a dually. Games. And keep in mind, it's a monster. And keep oh, yeah. in mind, my Dodge is, it would never let me down. <laughs> and, and, and again, I, I didn't see any Fords out in the last couple of days. Okay. So I did see one in the snowbank, though.
3: <laughs> Stop it.
2: <laughs> so that's the riddle. That's the, ri- the riddle. Yeah. What's my matter of the truck? Oh, okay. I gave some clues in there. Okay. okay. I, I, but, but it took me a good 10 miles at 40 miles an hour to figure out what's going on. Okay. But the car guy got it. He but did? He co- but he couldn't fix it. <laughs> <laughs> but I continued south, yes. and I did something that made it better. Okay. So, 602-508-0960, what was the matter with my truck? Now, I got a $50 gift certificate that they can use anywhere. I'll just, I'll just, or they can use it in our shop. Okay. So, it, it's, it's. It's I can give them a savings bond. I can do whatever you decide. Okay, but a savings bond. I don't even
3: know if they do those anymore. But okay, we'll okay. we'll figure we'll it just out. Just give
2: them fifty bucks where they can spend it wherever they want. Okay. So that's the story. A bad vibration. Gotcha. Forty miles an hour and above. I tried to push it to sixty, and the truck shook so bad the dogs start crying. <sighs> Their ears were flapping so hard that it was it Mark. was painful.
3: <laughs> you are such an exaggerator.
2: Eight degrees this morning. Eight degrees That's this morning pretty when I woke up. Yeah. Yeah. And and it was tough. But anyway, oh, we have a caller. Yes. Um, and and probably about my riddle. Oh, I bet. so. Okay. Who it would it be, Gil? That would be Gary. Gary, tell me what. Oh, first, uh, if you're if you're talking about the riddle, then if you want to solve it, go ahead.
4: Yeah, I'm calling about the riddle. Okay, go. So I'm from Minnesota and after a big snowfall, the rims get packed with snow and throw your balance off.
2: Right? Damn it. That was so easy. He's from Minnesota though. I there you d- go. I should have <laughs> d- said you can't call from Wisconsin or Minnesota.
3: <laughs> Too late.
2: <laughs> Am I right? Absolutely you're right. The outside of the duels was packed. Remember I said the wind was blowing from all different directions? Yeah. And the snow's two feet deep? Well, the backs, the inside, I mean, you couldn't see the wheels. The outside of the duels was packed with ice. Yeah. And, all right, Mr. Big Shot, (laughs) how did I fix it?
4: (laughs) Well, you either dug it out or kicked it out with your feet.
2: Okay, I couldn't. I mean, it was frozen solid. No, he still wins. Yeah. He still wins. But... I got this brilliant idea that I would drag the brakes for like four miles and heat the rear uh, Drums. discs. Discs. is oh, the disc. Okay. Uh, heat the discs up. Okay. And I figured they would generate heat and make everything soft. So I dragged the brakes until I can smell them. Aww. <laughs> Then I pull off the side of the road because I know that I have to let them heat the wheel up. I find a pocket knife. Well, that one black knife I carry on my console, right. I get that black knife. So I got my Flazers on. Keep in mind, it's a one-lane road. I've pulled clear off the highway, and, I'm, and I I and and it's nice and soft. Mm-hmm. So I take the knife, and I kind of carve out all the ice and stuff like that. And then I could do like 100.
3: Yeah. And great. I was passing
2: lots of Fords that were still having problems. But <laughs> he's exactly right. Yeah. He's. Uh, I'm going to... I'm gonna. From now, on, when I want to have a snow riddle. I'm not gonna let people from Wisconsin. That's are... right. <laughs> that's right. That was way too easy. Gary, that obviously it's happened to you.
4: Yeah, after every big snowfall in Minnesota, that's what happens. Yep.
2: And and uh, you, do you you got the wind was blowing from all different directions because I needed that to happen in order to pack all the wheels right.
4: Well, I heard that, but usually, you know, when it, after it snows, we go out and do donuts and snow, and then that packs
2: the
3: room. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's probably what he was doing yesterday out on the roads, I'm, and he just didn't want to say that.
2: <laughs> I'm pleading the fifth. I'm pleading the fifth. <laughs> yeah. Oh, All right. Gosh. So, Gary? We'll, we'll um, have
3: to have uh, Gil get Gary's information, and we can uh, send him something.
2: Um, yes. And, and uh, Gil, if you would give him... Some information. Um, the shop phone number. Ask for Andy or or, or Renee. Then that would be fine. Um, Gil, you need to give him a four-digit code so we don't have a hundred Gary's calling up. <laughs> <laughs> and then and then give us the four-digit code so only Gary and we know that that's it. Okay, I can't you got bl- it. I can't believe he got that. Well, I, it's silly for me to think <laughs> right. that 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 he's not going to get it. Now, here here's one. I didn't want to say one thing because I it would tip people off. But tell me about the shake. Do you? I'm sure you remember it.
5: Well, it's
4: you know it 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 does sound like your tires falling off the rim. It's really bad.
2: Okay. It does it. Um. Here's here's what the deal was with me. It shook the back of the truck really bad, because those were the duels that packed the wheels. And mm-hmm. I don't know anything about donuts, but I did loan my truck once or twice. <laughs> and um, and and so the front wheels weren't the problem, but mm-hmm. the, the duels were. And he's exactly right; they were packed solid.
3: The in and the out. No, just, just the, outside. the outside. And so there's... I mean, I knew it had to do with balance. That that yeah. was all it could be, but I couldn't think of what it could. What it could have hooked on to or attached to or okay. whatever.
2: Well, you're the car guy's wife, so you are on. But remember, I always tell people that if it's a front end problem, it shakes the steering wheel and right. the back end of the problem shakes your butt. Right. Well, this one shook the butt. I mean, even, like I said, the dogs were whining. Gary, <laughs> he's going to give you a, a four-digit number, You're going and he's going to text it to us or give mm-hmm. us the number during a break, and we'll make sure that we get it to the right Gary. And uh, and and actually, if Gary were to give him the last four digits of his Social Security number. No, phone number
3: would be better. Okay, fine, yeah.
2: fine. Why do you always overrule me? Well, I, I wouldn't want <sighs> to give out my Social Security number. I said the last I four. I don't care. Okay. My <laughs> goodness. All right, Gary, thank you very much. I'm going to write thank Wiener, n- I mean Winner, next to your name. <laughs> mm. <laughs> thank you, Gary. Thank you very much he really hit the number fast yeah he did i wasn't going to give the number thinking i could stretch this out for a while Mm -hmm. those minnesota guys folks i went to minnesota not too long ago i went to i flew into minneapolis and then we that was like a nine-hour flight i'm teasing and then we drove three hours on roads that were packed with snow and the guy that was driving our car was going 80 and people were passing him Mm -hmm. we went snowmobiling if you've never been snowmobiling, you have no idea how cold you can get. <laughs> and we went from bar to bar to bar. And the reason why we went from bar to bar to bar is we had this little piece of paper, and every bar you stopped by, you, they stamped it. The circle was like 50 miles. Yeah, we, we could only do like half the circle. We did the south part of the circle. One day, and the next part, you know what they gave me for for fifty miles of riding, and I had a, the appropriate snowsuit on. You know, right. I had the boots, and I had the plastic pants, and I had the long johns, and I had the gloves, and I had the, you know what they call that thing over your face?
3: I know, but. I'm not it's gonna called say. a sock. Yes. Okay. I
2: was calling it a head condom, and they thought that was pretty funny, but it's called a sock. There you go. So anyway, as you know, I got this beautiful T-shirt I'm never going to wear, and I'm <laughs> never going back to Wisconsin. It, and the, the, thing, the worst part about the whole thing is the guys that I were with were really seasoned snowmobiles. Right. We weren't gone 10 minutes, and I, I had already tipped mine over. So, I mean, I can ride a quad and motorcycles and all that kind of stuff, but it was just a whole new experience. That was a different story. We get on the lake. These guys are doing 80, 90 miles an hour. I'm doing 55, 60. I figure there's got to be radar around there somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> and and I'm, I'm scared they're going to lose me, and then I don't know where to go right. because I have no. And, and they say, follow my tracks. Well, you're on a road that has a 1,000 tracks to it. So I, this is what I told them. I said, you aren't going to have any problem finding me because you look for the smoke, because I'm going to pour gas out of my sled, they call it a sled, and then I'm going to light it on fire, and you won't have any trouble finding me, just go for the smoke. That's what I told them. So they told me their sleds were worth a little bit of money, and I didn't care. All righty, 602 we'll be back.
6: Phoenix Body Works is a family-owned and operated collision repair facility that opened in 1982. This
5: is attorney William J. Wolf, host of Middle East Radio Forum. Heard every Sunday at noon here on 960 the Patriot.
7: This week on Middle East Radio Forum, William Wolf will host a dialogue in exchange with Mayor Jolovitz, talking about the lessons of history, lessons learned, and lessons lost. This week on Middle East Radio
5: Forum. That's Middle East Radio Forum, Sunday at noon on 960 the Patriot.
8: It takes 12 years to create a graduate. It takes about the same time to create a dropout. The difference between a child becoming one or the other could be you. Studies prove that reading to a child regularly dramatically improves reading skills. And kids who read well by third grade are four times as likely to graduate. So United Way is calling for one million volunteers over the next three years. We're asking you to step up, make a pledge, tutor a child who needs help, Mentor a kid who needs someone on their side. Volunteer to read to children. Make a difference. Because when a child advances, we all advance. Entire communities improve. The path to success or failure starts long before graduation day. And the difference between a graduate and a dropout could be you. Be a reader. Tutor or mentor. Give. Advocate. Volunteer. Live United. Take the pledge. Go to liveunited.org now. Brought to you by United Way and the Ad Council.
2: 40 minutes after the hour of ten o'clock, my name is Mark Salem, and sitting here next to me is my wife Renee. We've been married for four hundred years, and uh, she's put up with me for three hundred and ninety-nine. Six zero two five zero eight <laughs> zero nine sixty. Six zero two five zero eight zero nine sixty. Hector, good morning. How can I help you?
7: Yes. Yes, sir. How you doing?
2: I'm good. Thank you very much.
7: I had a quick question. I have an 01 Nissan Sentra, and um, it happens at least once or, you know, up to three times a month. Well, I'll be driving, and it, it won't shift past third gear. I'll pull over, um, turn off the car, start it back up, and it shifts just fine after that. It's an automatic. and just wondering if you might be able to help me out.
2: How many miles are on it?
7: Um, I'd say a little over 100,000.
2: Okay. I, I'm not going to be able to to tell you what's the matter with it. I think what I would do is pull the pan. Um, has okay. it been serviced, or have you owned it since no. it was new? Okay.
4: Yes, I have, but it's been parked for I'd say about
2: 15 years. Okay, it had to be fixed. All right. Uh, I I want you to consider two things. Number one, I want you to consider having somebody pull the pan, clean, uh, replace the filter, clean up the pan, and look in the pan for something that's not supposed to be there, like a broken snap ring. There's going to be little mounds of black powder that's clutches wearing. We don't care about that. There might be uh-huh. some, just little bitty flakes of metal in there. We don't care about that either. Clean up the pan, okay. put a filter on, and, and be done. Now, the second thing I want you to do is is when it happens... I want you to pull off, but I don't want you to shut it off. I want you to manually shift it. So put it down in low, and then in, chick, in, chick. And I want you to manually shift it and see if that makes a difference. Okay. Now, if, it doesn't, if a fluid shift doesn't change, I know two guys, two young bucks, mm-hmm. that know more about transmissions than any ten guys I've ever met in my life and I'm happy to call both of them if you'll send me an email after you have the transmission serviced. So do that yeah. first, and I, I okay. and you can find my email at MarkSalem.com, and actually it's easy, it's Mark at MarkSalem.com. But I'm happy to call them, and there's a 75% chance that they can probably tell us what's wrong. Mm-hmm. So I'll do that for you, but I want you to do the filter. Let me tell you a transmission story real quick, not necessarily you, Hector, but everybody. Had a guy call me, a friend of mine. My mm-hmm. d- He says this. My dad has this Dodge truck, and all of a sudden it was fine yesterday, and today it won't move. So I put it in drive. Nothing happens. I put it in low, whatever. Nothing happens. Um, and I push it when it's in neutral, and it pushes. Mm-hmm. Then I put it in park, and it won't push. And I in said, park. well, that eliminates the linkage falling apart because if the linkage fell off, you couldn't put it in drive, and it wouldn't go to drive. But it would be outside of park. Yeah. And so he said he can push the truck, you know, when it's in drive, but not, so the linkage has to be there. So anyway, I said to him, I, I don't really know. Mm-hmm. So I called L mm-hmm. Lorenzo mm-hmm. and I said, I actually called Alan, my he, son, and right. then I had him call Lorenzo. Mm-hmm. He nailed it. Yep. So they brought the truck in, they pulled the pen and the filter had fallen out. It was sucking air instead of fluid. Right. So that's all it was, is we went ahead and serviced it and we put a new filter in it and stuff. But let me tell you, the diagnostic part of this, I could have diagnosed it without pulling the pan. Okay. Now, the, the, the fluids, let's say it's an inch and a half tall. Right. Okay. The suck part of the filters an inch higher than that. Mm-hmm. I would have overfilled it by two or three quarts where I can get the fluid level to where the suck port is. Yeah, and to, then it would have moved. right? And then I would have known that something was in the pan. Right. But I wasn't smart enough to figure that out. yeah. So I had to lean on Lorenzo. And Alger's up north. Lorenzo's down south. They they don't really do any retail work. They're both wholesale guys. But though. And Alger, to tell you a story, Alger worked for us in 1979. Yep. And when we come back, I'm going to tell you a great story about... Alger. you still I, got a few minutes. I know. <laughs> mm-hmm. I, I, I'll tell you real quick. Okay. Uh, uh, Alger. Al- Alger was this young kid that was a skinny kid, and he had a Nova. Mm-hmm. And one day, we, we had a gas station, and he worked for us. And one day, Alger says, um, can I use the hoist on Sunday morning And I, for Sunday? And I said, yeah, what are you going to do? And he goes, I'm going to take the automatic out and put a stick in there. And I said, if that car isn't gone by Monday morning when we open, I'm going to tow it out. I'm going to put it in the middle of the street, and the cops are going to pick it up. So you can't tie up the shop by having this problem. Mm -hmm. This is a true story. He's going to put a manual in it. He has to put the pedal assembly underneath the dash. He has to cut a hole in the floor. He has to mount all the linkage. He has to take the bell housing off, everything from the motor backwards. He puts a flywheel and a bell housing. He puts a clutch. He puts the transmission. He hooks up the linkage, and he puts a new drive shaft in it. Folks, this is the true story. He's laying rubber in front of my house at 3 o'clock on, fr- on Sunday afternoon. Yep. And I we were just amazed that this kid put that together. Now, I don't know if he started Saturday night. <laughs> Doesn't matter. It <We're laughs> was still, still fast. It, 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 for him to make it work, <laughs> mm-hmm. it, it it takes somebody that – But anyway, he's back. He's in transmission. It has been since high school. Mm-hmm. And he's probably I'm – I'm – I'm proud of many of the people that worked for us since 1979, but I'm especially proud of Alger, because of where he started and where he's at today. Right. And he just, he has the skills that a few other people have. But anyway, Hector, I'll help you. Just try that uh, filter first. I'm thinking that there might be a problem there because he said two things hadn't been in a in 100,000 and sat for a long period of time. Yeah. So I'm yeah. thinking that well, that's what we need to do. Anyway, 602 508 0960, 602 508 0960. is in some city, it's run by Derek. It's a great place. Autodynamics has been around for a very long time. And Chuck Nide, who opened up Autodynamics, I've known him since 1968. So he opened this family-owned and operated shop in 1982. They do all kinds of work, but like most shops... If they're not the best place, they'll tell you that rather than tell you that they can fix your Rolls-Royce electric windows. So the idea is is that autodynamics is a great place. He doesn't his technicians and his staff are not paid a commission or a percentage of a repair bill. Therefore, he can ensure that you don't have a problem with one of them upselling because there's no benefit to them. So they're on the north side of Grand, just west of 99th Avenue. Auto Dynamics. Who's up next? That would be Richard. Richard, good morning. How can I help you?
4: Mark, I've got a 2013 Nissan Xterra, 30,000 miles on it. It's well-tuned. Can you think of anything aftermarket that would be economically justified to help me improve the gas mileage on the truck?
2: He, I can give you something really low-tech that will add two or three miles to the gallon. <laughs> Just low-tech. You ready? <laughs> sure. Ready? T- take a raw egg and duct tape it to your throttle pedal. <laughs> or put a hot cup of coffee that's full between your legs. Um, or put a hot cup of coffee on the dashboard. I, and you got to get an extra big one. Because there has to be motivation there, really and truly. Air up your tires. Use the appropriate oil. Keep the windows rolled up and drive like your mother's in the car or your wife is she snapping at you about how you drive it's just all about habit i know the other day i filled up my truck and i reset my fuel economy i made i just made a commitment to the truck i'm just going to treat you easy and i usually get 15 to 16 miles to the gallon and i got all the way to payson mm-hmm. at 17.2. Mm-hmm. and i never exceeded the speed limit so really you
3: probably thinking something more fun and
2: exciting well i was thinking
4: like a nut Air intake. Yeah. No,
2: no, no. Cold air does, in fact, carry more fuel, but the O2 sensor is going to shut off the fuel. So you're driving down the road, and even though you have cold air that carries more fuel, um, it's going to try to do that and do that. But the O2 sensor is going to trim down the injectors. So it's going to say it's going to shut the faucet off. Really and truly, there's nothing. Keep the air filter clean. Air up all the tires to the maximum inflation written on the side drive like a granny and that'll be the best you can i can do i i, I really can't offer you anything more nope
1: but that's good advice sounds okay. good thanks mark
2: thank you richard 6025080960 6025080960 he surprised me cuz he said better fuel economy mm-hmm. i thought for sure he was going to go for more power performance oh, okay. and that's a different question and a different answer if yeah. you know what i mean you're Mrs. the one with more power you know everything. what? I do, I do. <laughs> but I haul horses and tractors and all the heavy stuff. And you know, you you gotta go up the oh, hills. That's the speed limit, yeah. And uh and besides that, you know I'll tell you in just a minute, we gotta take a break. Gosh darn it.
8: You need a plan as you get closer to retirement, a plan that will take you from where you are now to the retirement you've always dreamed about. The first step on that path is to tune in to Retire Financially Fit with Phyllis every Saturday morning at 8. Your host is Phyllis Sachs-Pilvinas. She's the founder of PSP and Associates. You only retire once, but Phyllis helps people retire every day. Don't miss Retire Financially Fit with Phyllis every Saturday morning at 8 on 960 The Patriot. Tanning, indoors or out, increases your risk of skin cancer, including melanoma, the second most common cancer in young adults, and the leading cause of cancer death in women 25 to 30. Tanning doesn't make me look healthier. My ambition does. Tanning doesn't make me stand out. My drive does. Tanning can cause wrinkles, age spots, and even melanoma, the cancer that kills one person every hour. And using tanning beds significantly increases your risk of developing melanoma.
9: Tanning doesn't make
8: me glow. My individuality does. Tanning doesn't make me feel better about myself. I got the job. Yeah. Congrats. My confidence does. Tanning doesn't make you more beautiful. It only makes you more at risk. Stop tanning. Learn more at spotskincancer.org. A message from the American Academy of Dermatology. So, Justin,
10: I was playing that video game, Forest Brigade, and it was pretty cool. I was running down this, like, digital path, and I met this digital frog. it was all like... Then I went playing in this virtual stream where this water... It looked almost real. It was this whole electronic forest world. So what did you do? Well, my parents took me to the forest, the real forest. Well, I was running down this... Well, it was an actual path. Then I saw this real-life frog. It was all, like ribbit and i saw an owl too then i played in this amazing stream with water around my ankles like wet water then me and my sister and my parents sat around a campfire and told cool stories all night long oh that's a uh, pretty cool too
9: this weekend unplug getting closer to nature can get you closer to your family to find the forest nearest you go to discovertheforest.org.
8: Be that person. Adopt. Brought to you by the Ad Council and the ShelterPetProject.org.
7: Welcome the back,
2: everybody. For Thirty-four Salem. minutes after the hour of ten o'clock. My name is Mark Salem, and. You're stuck with me for the next hour and a half. If you'd like to join us, you have a car question. If there's a disagreement in your household and you want me to break the tie, then if you want me to find against your wife, then it costs you money. And uh, wives, if uh, you want me to find against, find against your husband, I pay you money. But nevertheless, 602 My name is Mark Salem, and I've been in the car repair business for well, just shy of 40 years just shy of 40 years. I'm an ASE master certified technician and have been that way for a long time. My shop and my staff and myself, we fixed thousands and thousands and thousands of cars. So the the, the way the radio show works is, is that you give us your make and model, mileage, and then describe the symptom. Um, I'm not interested in what you think it is because you're not asking me that. It's easier just to talk about symptoms. So, and then generic questions, for instance, oil. Um, I had a question about oil the other day when we were up north and the guys were, um, decided to get together for lunch. And one of them wanted to know where he could find oil with zinc in it. And the old guys thought zinc took care of their motor. We know that that's not the truth anymore. Okay. So there is no zinc in oil. But it's, it's important to to explain to everybody that all the oil is backward compatible. So oil started out with an A designation, then B, C, D, E, F, G. So each oil was better than the last, but they're always backward compatible. So today, you know, like that 13 Centra, he could go to a synthetic oil, maybe get better fuel economy but it's going to be hardly measurable if one. Uh, one makes a difference, but if he went to a synthetic oil, I don't think the 13 calls for a synthetic, but he could certainly change as long as the weight was right. If he had a 1030 or if he was using a 2050, if he went to a, a 030 or a 020 or a 530 synthetic, he'd get better fuel economy, but I don't know if it'd measure. Oh,
3: is this the Xterra yes. that you're talking about? Yeah. Yes.
2: Okay. All right, let's go to Mike. Mike, thank you for calling. How can I help you?
4: Good morning. Hey, I've got a 2003 Chevy Suburban. Okay. And uh, we basically, um, my wife stalled on the freeway, and I bought a new battery, put it in just to get her off the freeway. Battery light was flickering on and off. Uh, She drove it, and of course, you know, I told her to take it straight home. That didn't happen, so I went and, uh, after the battery died, we went and put the uh, jumper cables on it, charged it up to get it home. Okay. And now uh, once we got it home, I have no crank whatsoever.
2: Okay. Well, I, I, you need a digital ohmeter to, to diagnose this. Um, a, a battery at 12 volts is about 10% charged. A battery at 13 volts is 100% charged. I want you to remember that. 12 to 13 is the range they normally go. If the battery's at 12 and you start the thing up and bring the idle up, it should go to 13. And that tells us the alternator, at least the alternator, appears to be working. Now, if you go to MarkSalem.com and you get look at FAQ 28, it teaches you how to, with the headlights, it teaches you how to kind of diagnose what, why it wouldn't start. For instance, if your battery is truly dead and it won't crank over right now, then the headlights are going to be yellow if they're even on at all. And When you hit the key, the yellow is going to go away. So you need your wife up front and, or have her try to start it, and you stand up front and watch the headlights. If well, the headlight... I put
4: the battery and charged it completely up. It's, it's registering perfect, and I put it back in the system. Now, before that happened, she had to get something out of the car and triggered the alarm. And, of course, since it was no battery... The alarm was triggered. So now I get full everything, no crank.
2: Okay. Well, you're going to have to track down the trigger to the solenoid. So you're going to have to crawl underneath there and take a voltmeter and have her hit the key. And on the backside of the solenoid, the 12 o'clock should be battery. And then there's a 3 o'clock and a 9 o'clock, and one of those is going to get hot when you hit the key. If one of them gets hot when you hit the key, then take a hammer and beat on the starter, not the solenoid, but the starter two or three times. Hit it hard enough to jar it, but not enough to break it. It's a little harder. It's kind of a tap, 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 okay? Don't beat on it and break the case. If then it starts, then it's the starter brushes on the backside of the of the starter, so they they didn't contact the armature. They're worn out. They're dirty. Whatever. And when you tapped it, it just vibrated the brushes to the armature. Then you know you need a starter. So okay, it, it's it, you've gone from um, it died and it wouldn't. Now when you went to get it when the first time and you put a new battery in it, what it happened before you right put it up? I know, but before that, before that.
4: When she she pulled off
2: to the side of the road, what did she tell you was going on?
4: Everything just died.
2: And no crank, no horn, no nothing? No nothing. Okay. Mm -hmm. She ran it completely dead. Now, I don't know what you mean by you charged it up fully, but unless you know it's at 13 volts, then you don't know that you charged it up fully.
4: No, and I did. I charged it up fully, registered back at 13 volts. Okay. I mean, I took it out of the car completely. put it back in the car, and it has full everything. It's just no crank. And I'm wondering, does it have an alarm system in there
2: that might have done a security shutoff? You you can chase that tail if you want. I think the better question is, is how often does this happen, Mark, where the alarm shuts down the system on an 03 Suburban? And the answer is, is about once a year in 25,000 cars. So you can change check you know, you can chase that tail, but that's the last place I'd be looking. I'd be checking for okay. twelve volts at the starter and so forth. Now, if you go to the FAQ twenty eight, I'm teaching you how to find a bad connection at the battery. So you got okay. side post on those and you take a pair of pliers and you pull out the, the lug and you look inside and you'll find that the face of the bolt and the metal that it touches is all corroded. And so you gotta clean all of that up. But you can't see that, you can't see that until you take a pair of vice grips, you grab a hold of that little five sixteenths, you hold on to the cable. Of course the cable's disconnected from the battery, and you just pull that lug nut out of there. Or that stud out okay. of there. And try that. righty. thank you very much, Mike. Thank you very much. Six oh two five oh eight zero nine sixty. The lines are wide open. Six oh two five oh eight zero nine sixty.
10: Now you have a friend at Thunderbird Automotive. For more information, visit them online at thunderbirdautomotive.com. That's thunderbirdautomotive.com. Or drive right in at 88th Avenue and Thunderbird, just west of the 101.
1: Take an ordinary putty knife and scrape off the old wax ring. Place the new wax ring over the flange, then line up the bolts with the bowl and gently set in place making sure a proper seal is created with the flange and drain. Next. Um, Dad? Uh, yeah, sweetie.
4: Is that on old plumbing manual?
1: Oh, um, yeah, (laughs) yeah, honey.
4: We really need to get some new
2: books.
1: Right, um, do do you want me to stop?
2: Nah, I kind of want to know how it ends.
1: Okay. Tighten the bolts, line up the flushing valve to the opening in the top of the bowl... And secure the tank with a screwdriver and crescent
9: wrench. (laughs) The smallest moments can have the
4: biggest impact on a child's life. Take time to be a dad today. Call 877-4DAD-411 or visit fatherhood.gov. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and the Ad Council.
0: You're never too old, too wacky, too wild to pick up a book and read with a child. This is Andrew Morrill, president of the Arizona Education Association. Reading to your child now can spark a lifetime of reading and learning. Parents, we know you're tired at the end of a long day, but by taking just a few minutes to read with your child, you'll be setting them on a path towards reading and learning on their own. And studies show students who read, and are read too, do better in school and in life. So have books that interest your child around your home. If your child enjoys sports, have books about sports. If your child enjoys ballet, have books about dancing. With parents and teachers working together, every child in Arizona can learn to read. And reading may be the most important thing they'll ever learn. A message from the Arizona Education Association.
2: 44 minutes after the hour of 10 o'clock. Mark Salem with Renee Salem. Together we have 80 years of auto repair.
3: Oh, boy. Don't even say that.
2: You got 40 and I got 40, so we got 80 (laughs) years. Actually, we got 39. I think we're going to be 80 years in October, or 40 years in October, if I'm not correct. Yes, we are. Okay, Mm -hmm. let me tell you real quick about Thompson's Auto Repair. Brian and Thelma own Thompson's Auto Repair. Their families date back to the 60s and the 70s in car repair and gas stations. It's a really good place. It's the only place in Mesa that I recommend. He has ASC certified technicians. He really does a good job. He knows right from wrong. But Brian and Thelma are exactly the people that you would hope would be in your neighborhood. He, they're very giving. They're very nice. They, they don't drink and get drunk like my wife does. Oh, stop. I'm kidding. But they're good people. And when you meet Brian and, or Thelma, you're going to know. Why I talk nicely, so nicely about them. Rich, you're up next. How can I help you?
4: Hey, Mark. Uh, I've got. I'm in Scottsdale. I've got a 21 year old Honda Accord, four cylinder, uh, with 200 thousand miles on it. I love the car. drives my wife crazy. She says you keep pouring money into it. I said, honey, do the math. I put about 100 to 150 bucks a year into maintaining the car, and most of the work I do myself. You do the math. I'm keeping this car. (laughs) Anyway, my point is, my question is, how is it going to affect my gas mileage? I get about 22 to 24 miles per gallon if I'm driving around with 75 pounds of tools in my trunk.
2: You know, I I don't know the answer to that, but there are times. I mean, I can't tell the difference when my wife and my dogs are in my truck. I mean, and I'm I'm doing fuel economy to the tenth, so I don't know that I think you'd have more effect of having all the windows down and having the back window on your Honda Accord turned into a parachute. So, but but 150 divide divide to, uh, 150 by 12 months, um, that's about ten twelve dollars a month. Yeah. Okay. So the answer to your wife is is your car costs more than ten or twelve dollars a month? That's all you're spending for the privilege of owning that car. So you you could buy a new one, but in fact, the license plate and and tax on a new one would pay the fuel on that Honda for the next two years. Mm -hmm. So I I don't know how many tools you've got, but if the windows are rolled up, the air conditioning is is used intermittently, and you're probably doing some stop and go driving, but then you turn around and tell me you're in the low 20s in fuel economy, I don't think there's a problem. Mm Your real problem is with your wife, and I can't help you with that. <laughs> you said you could. That's why he called. <laughs> and you know what? If she if she wants to know who said that, tell her it, his name is Edward. Okay, don't tell her it's Mark. Th- okay. Thank you, thank you, Rich. Thank you very much, Bob. You're up next. How can I help you? Help you?
1: Well, good morning. I've got a an '09 Impala. It's 130 thousand miles. Um, just the other day. A message came on the dashboard, engine hot, turn AC off. The only thing about it is it's also got a temperature gauge, not an idiot light, but that temperature gauge is all the way down on C for cold, so I don't know if it's just a computer glitch. Oh, and also, the engine's not hot.
2: Okay. It shouldn't be at the cold. Your 09 should run between half and three-quarters.
1: It used all the to, yes okay. but so right. there's a combination going on here the the needle on the gauge it's sitting down on the C so it's not even showing the the temperature motor like it it did before I got this uh, you know message yeah. on the dash I,
2: I don't know it, uh, as you already know there's a problem in just the left and right hand you know we got a hot message and then we've got a cold gauge so I don't yes.
1: know and, uh, and the motor's not hot
2: Okay. And and here's here's how tell me what you why you say that. What what is it that that you know? What what is it you're doing to know that the uh, motor's not hot?
1: Um well, I've got a uh, uh one of the infrared uh temperature gauges that I use for various things and I okay. can, you know, lift the hood and I can shoot it uh, with the little red dot and I'm okay. not the engine's not overheated. Okay. Which which is a kind of a weird deal too.
2: Okay. Well, the gauge isn't working either. Yeah, <laughs> correct, <laughs> correct. But so
1: my, my my gauge is not working, and I'm getting a message that jumps up on the dash saying the engine's hot, shut the AC off. So it's a combination. Two things are wrong.
2: Okay. Well, no, you, you you don't know what's wrong till you till you identify the problem. But I need you to, th- to gun the thermostat housing. And I need you, I, I need you to gun the top hose and the bottom hose. That'll tell you all you want to know. The the second okay. thing is is I would probably just turn the key on and I'd I'd go to the temperature switch and I would have my wife inside the car and I'd grab the wire off the temperature switch and I'd just ground the wire, you know, 1 2 and let go, 1 2 and let go, and you should see the swing the gauge swing In in the opposite direction. So if it starts hot, it'll swing to cold. If it starts cold, it'll swing to hot. So I'd make sure that the temperature gauge is talking to the, to the dashboard. The second thing I'd do is, is I'd go in and clear that code, and then I'd see if it comes back. Because this time of the year in the wintertime, um, that engine hot, shut off the air conditioning, it's programmed to say, turn off the compressor because the condenser is in front of the radiator. The condenser gets really hot. It adds hot air to the radiator, so shut the air off because I see an overheat. So it could be that the sensor is bad and, te- and then now uh, there's a sensor that talks to your dashboard and there's a sensor that talks to the computer. And if the sensor that talks to the computer is grounded, then it's telling the computer you're really hot. So the computer turns on the light and says, hey, turn off the air conditioning. So keep in mind, we got two temperature centers. One talks to the gauge and one talks to the computer. For me, I'd plug in my scanner. I'd talk to both of them. I'd probably find the problem there. Then and only then can you answer all those questions. But answering the questions can only happen after you fix the problem or identify the problem. But now that I've talked myself into a circle, his his coolant sensor is bad.
3: You think so? Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah,
2: yeah. I got it. All righty. <laughs> thank you very much, Bob. But, Lauren, you're up next. How can I help you? Uh,
7: yes. I've got a uh, 2014 Chevy Cruze. And... Uh, We've got uh oh, it has about sixty thousand miles on it okay um, and it's it is four cylinder it's running just fine, but uh what's happening is with the temperature, you can have the uh, dial turned over uh, a little bit to the uh uh to the cool side, mm-hmm. and you'll still get the uh, hot air coming in. Even uh, if you're uh, if you have it directed where it blows on your uh, uh, towards your chest sure. Uh, then you'll get warm air coming in. Okay. Now if you change it to blow up by the windshield then the air will be cool like it it probably should be for that setting.
2: Okay it, it, the the question is is before anybody can fix this, this is the question if you go to the extreme on the temperature, will the top vents, the windshield, the center vent and the floor, will they change as well? Now when we go in heater, we're going to blow a little bit of cold air on the windshield because the cold air is going to suck all the fog off the windshield. So it's kind of normal that we're going to turn the air conditioning on in the defrost mode and we're going to use air conditioning to suck the the, uh, vapor and the the mist or the fog off your windshield. So the first thing I want you to do is go extreme hot and extreme cold and let's make sure that both of those are working in all three modes. Then the second thing is, is, uh, this is kind of important. I was coming down this morning, it's 8 degrees, Mm -hmm. okay, on the dashboard it's 8 degrees. Right. So I'm having a tough time finding warm,
6: you know what I mean?
2: (laughs) So I'm going, I have a temperature, so I go up to to like 78 and it's okay. I go to 85, I got warm. But then I start dropping it down because I get too hot. Well I end up going down to 71 before I get kind of cold, so I'm a little confused about how that truck really works, but I'm not going to look at the numbers anymore. I'm just going to simply just take the, the the heat and just get it up till I like it, and then when I want, I'm too hot, or the dogs are panting like crazy, or you're yelling at me, then I'm going to turn the knob, the heat knob back down. I don't think the numbers mean anything in my new Dodge truck. I don't think they do. But I need you mm-hmm. to check both ends, and then your garage is going to be very happy that you did that. And then I also want you to forget the numbers, and I just want you to dial it to heat, make sure you get what you want, and then dial it to cold, and make sure you get what you want, and then don't look at the numbers anymore or the red or the blue stripe on your on your temperature. So I, here's the reason. I don't know where they're getting that. Are they getting the temperature inside the cab? or are they get in the temperature during the climate control system I don't know where they get that mm-hmm. and so mm-hmm. if mm-hmm. you see what I'm saying I, I don't know the answer to that and write that mm-hmm. down cuz I said I don't know yeah boy so anyway that that's what they offer I've got you but I need to see extremes if you say I can't get cold or really really cold if I can't get really really hot then we're going to go after the blend door, which is the mixture control for that. So that could be it. It could yep. be sticking after, That's you know, That's what I was thinking, partway. Yeah. Okay. Don't, don't and not try show me up.
7: This is with
2: the air conditioner off. Well, here's the deal. When you go to defrost, we're going to turn the air conditioning on whether you like it or not. Oh, really? Yeah. And like I said, okay. here, here's the deal. Remember when you take a, a, a cold glass of tea and you set it on the counter? And you know all that sweat on the outside of it? that the 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 cold air um of pop or beer or whatever you 're drinking whatever your wife's drinking then the the moisture in and around the glass is sucked to the cold glass, and it creates that condensation well, even though you're it's colder than heck when I go to defrost we 're going to turn the air on and we're going to blow a little bit of cold air up there and you, and I'm sure you, many of you will agree with me you 're driving down the road and your windshield gets really foggy. You go to defrost the fog's gone.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: And I did that today. I was very proud of myself. But that's we turn the air conditioning compressor off, whether you like it or not, on. And we just blow a little cold up there. And the moisture or the cold of the air conditioning just sucks the fog off the windshield. And if you don't have air conditioning, then you're never going to get the fog off the windshield, (laughs) or if your air conditioning is out of service. But anyway, Lauren, we got to go. But thank you very much. That was a great question. Speaking of great questions, you don't have to worry about Kurt's Automotive at I-17 and Bell, whether he's a good shop or not. Kurt's a master, Eric's a master, Jeff's a master. Now, Kurt's the old guy with gray hair. Jeff and Eric are young bucks that think they know it all. They don't have a clue as to what know-it-all is, but Kurt and I do. Nevertheless, you got three masters at Kurt's. They're really good as a team, just like most of us are with our staff. And they really do a good job, and I can't tell you how many times that I have sent a customer, because they're not on my side of the town, sent them to Kurtz, and they've pulled a rabbit out of their hat. Mm -hmm. So I'm happy to tell you that if you live near I-17 in Bell, if you don't have a garage, then stop by for an oil change or call for an oil change. See how they treat you. See how you like them. And uh, if you have a good shop, then you should stay with it. But if you're looking for a good shop, Kurtz is a great guy. Keith, you're up next, Keith. How can I help you?
5: Yeah, um, I have a uh, 06 HHR. Four-cylinder, 2.2, 70,000 miles. Um, For the last four years, we've had this uh, periodically. This happens. Um, The uh, power steering uh, will come on the dash, and you'll be driving, and it'll it'll just start freaking out, and the the, uh, speedometer will go up and down. And so we took it into the dealer, and there was a recall, and they replaced the motor, the power steering motor. Okay. And uh, and then we've had other work done on it, and we just can't seem to find it. And we had the couple computers up in the front. There's little flat ones that go down, up and down in there.
1: Uh-huh.
5: We've had those replaced, had back to the deal, and had them reprogram the whole car. Okay. And we're driving down the road just a week ago, and the thing started freaking out again. And what it does is you have your seatbelts on, those, those little dinging lights go off, but then you're going down the road and all of a sudden, Bing, 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 and then it, it starts to freak out a little bit.
2: Okay, but you're going the dash down the is freaking way, out. Wait a minute, the dash is freaking out. What does that have to do with the power steering? What's it? Give me the symptoms. Well, the, for the power, power steering.
5: steering comes up on the it comes up on the dash. Okay, forget you know, that. On, on the,
2: Okay. Yeah. yeah, we we need to find the problem with that's, that's entertained by the or that's being caused by the seatbelt stuff. We need to go there first. And if you have an electric motor on the steering and so you have electric steering, if you have a problem with the steering, you're going to know it cuz it's going to go from power to manual. So you're and you haven't said anything about that. I don't care the fact that it's got a steering light on the dash. I don't care. I'm going to go through the. I'm going to go find the circuit that's that's causing that seat belt problem. I have to go somewhere first. Um, I'm really not going to check the power steering light because you haven't had a power steering failure. So I've got to figure out why the light's coming on, and it could very well be that we have a seat sensor that's wired on the stupid same circuit. And then that causes when we lose the ground or lose the power, it causes your seatbelts to ding and your power steering light. I use that in a simplistic example, but realistically, there's lots of parts, lots of circuits that share the same ground, and we now know how important it is to fix the ground. You've got two choices have somebody chase it down or wait till it gets worse and easier to find. As long as the steering wheels and the steering works, then I don't think you're in a significant problem